Well, welcome back to another edition of the Boilers Extra Podcast. As uh, we look ahead to Purdue and Minnesota this week, uh, kind enough to join us uh, today. I don't need my glasses on. Uh, it's uh, Randy Johnson from the Minneapolis Star Tribune, talented, versatile writer, covers the Gophers, also does a lot of hockey, which we were just discussing beforehand. Hockey has maybe the longest season in the history of college athletics, where they start now and then they end in April. But Randy was saying that they take a extended break in December, so it's not all the way gone. But uh, Randy, appreciate you joining us, and uh, you've already guaranteed good weather for Saturday, so I'm holding you to that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's pretty nice and sunny and looks like, you know, uh, upper 60s, you know, good good late uh, summer weather. All right. Well, uh, with Minnesota, they're 4-0, got ranked in the AP and the coaches poll this week. Nice, impressive win at Michigan State. But before that game, I, I don't know if a lot of people were, at least outside the Big Ten, were paying attention to Minnesota when you look at their schedule and who they played. Uh, but that win over Michigan State has vaulted them into a, a place that, Everybody's paying attention now. They're the they're the favorite to win the Big Ten West. Uh, that probably will change on a weekly basis with all the teams. But uh, what have you seen from this team in its four and zero start? And you know how do they maintain what what they've already done? Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. I, I think everybody was wanted to see what they could do against a somebody in college football. They had they had played New Mexico State, Western Illinois, and Colorado. Um, you know, Colorado, you you figure would not be as bad as they are, but they are. They're pretty bad. So, and, and I guess in the Gophers' defense, when they made that schedule back in that, Colorado was uh, added in 2016 for the for this series, and at that time they were uh, a contender uh, in the uh, Pac-12. They uh, the one that won their division that year. So you know, that's just how these things go. But uh, yeah, so people wanted to see, okay, what, what are they going to do against something decent, and and they. Answered that question pretty quickly. A um, couple long touchdown drives to start the game, and uh, basically had Michigan State uh, on its heels the, the whole the whole game. Uh, that place got really quiet. Yeah, that that's a place that can get loud, but if it gets quiet, it, it makes it more manageable. But what what were your questions after the first three games going into that Michigan State, and how much did Minnesota maybe emphatically answer your questions? About I, I think they, they did. You know, my questions were. How are their their offensive and defensive lines going to go against a bigger, stronger, more physical team than they had faced in the, in the non conference schedule? And they answered very well. I mean, obviously, they drove down the field pretty easily against Michigan State. They had um, scoring drives of 75, 77, 90, and seventy six yards. Uh, and the defensive line, which lost a couple ends to the NFL and a couple other guys that uh, interior linemen that were. Um, in NFL training camp, so they, they had some talent there they had to replace, uh, but it stood up very well uh, uh, this, this this game, and, and it has kind of been a surprise this year, because their their uh, secondary is, is very very good and very veteran, their linebackers are, are uh, pretty veteran, so the one side on defense, the, the one area on defense was was the line, how are they going to be, and they so far they've answered that question pretty well. Now this is a formula that PJ has used during his tenure is, you know, maybe don't go out and play the toughest non-conference schedule, but get some wins, get some momentum. But not every year it has worked out for them. Why do you think this potentially could work out for them this year? Well, 
I think it, it, it's a very veteran team. You know, Tanner Morgan, six-year senior. Muhammad Ibrahim, six-year senior at running back. Uh, John Michael Schmitz, maybe the best center in the country, a six-year senior. They lost Chris Altman Bell for the season, a wide receiver who's who's a six-year senior. So they, they've, they, they, they have that, they have that experience. They also, it's a, it's a deep team. Um, this past week, so uh, they're missing out Altman Bell. What do they do? That uh, Tanner Morgan spreads it around to ten different, different uh, pass catchers. So they, they're finding ways to uh, overcome some. They haven't had a whole lot of adversity yet, but uh, when they've had it, they've responded pretty well. Uh, early in the third quarter, Michigan State is down 17-0. They drive the Minnesota Six. Uh, looks like they're going to score and make the game interesting. Uh, basically, the Gophers' uh, defensive end, uh, Thomas punches out a ball. Justin Wally, quarterback, picks it up. So, you know, they, they get, get the timely turnover to, to set that momentum. Um. When Ottman Bell went out, who became, or is there a number one receiver now, or is that kind of been a work in progress until you get a little bit deeper into the season? I think it's more of a work in progress, but um, Mike Brown Stevens has, has stepped up. Um, you know, not the biggest guy in the world. Uh, they also have a really good, uh, really talented receiver in uh, Dalen Wright, uh, Texas AM transfer. Um, it's more of your big play type of type of guy. He, you know his his game. He needs a little more consistency, but he, he's been he's shown a little bit of a flair for the dramatic. Um, they got, they got uh, Daniel Jackson back from an early season injury. Um, missed the first couple games, but he's looked pretty good coming back. And then they're using the tight end uh, Brevin Span Ford quite a bit. He's you know six seven two seventy pounder. You know looks like an NFL caliber uh, tight end. And you know, offensively, I think they brought back their new or their their old coordinator from a few years ago. And how has that kind of moved their offense forward? Because they they do. No, it's it's worked it's worked as well as they could could have hoped. Kirk Shiraka and Tanner, you know, they've worked together quite a few years now, and <laughs> uh, and Tanner is is it, it, he's taken his game to a, another level. I mean, he you saw the. The one game in, uh, against Purdue in right. eighteen when he was twenty one and twenty two, right. he was similar to that on Saturday against Michigan, Michigan State. He was uh, twenty three and twenty six, and you know he was just he was sharp. I mean, he's and he's also doing a little bit with his feet. He's he's uh, been able to uh, move the chains a couple times with some timely uh, scrambles uh, out of pressure and, and getting long first down runs of 10, 15 yards. I mean, I've always been impressed with him, not just what he did a few years ago at Purdue, but just overall. Why does he fly under the radar so much? Oh, I, th- I think it's, you know, he's, he's kind of a, he's kind of like an everybody. He looks like, you know, you're, he's, he's 20, you know, 23, 24 years old. Uh, looks like you're, uh, you're, you're, you're insurance agent almost, you know, he's, <laughs> he's, he's bald, he's married now. Um, you know, it's just, he's, he's, um, you know, he's, he's not flashy, but, you know, a couple of years here in 18, or it should be 19 when they had that really good year, um, you know, he had two NFL wide receivers and right. uh, Johnson or Rashad Bateman. Right. This is, and I don't think they have those type of flashy uh, players, but he, he has more depth to, to rely on this year. Uh, he's, you know, you got the running game going with Ibrahim, so it, the balance is really good. It, right. A team can't really, um, you know, pick a pick one way or another. You know, if you sell out for the run, you're going to get the pass, and vice versa. 
Right. Well, interesting tidbit, I, and I don't know where this would rank in college football history, but if Aiden O'Connell would actually play on Saturday, you would have yes. two six-year quarterbacks who are married. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I was going to ask you, is, is Aiden uh, going to be playing? Uh, that, you know, it's a good question. We, we, we don't know. Uh, he did, um, he was seen at practice on Tuesday in, in full pads. Now, I can't, can't tell you what he did uh, leading up to that, so... Uh, I think there's some signs that they're trying to get him ready to play. Uh, so we'll see how that all plays out. But, yeah, two six-year quarterbacks, two guys that are married. Uh, <laughs> Aiden's trying to grow a mustache, and Tanner has no hair. So, <laughs> But talk about Mohammed And, you know, he got a devastating injury last year in the first game. I mean, just that had to be so tough for him to recover. But just discuss what he did in the offseason to get himself back in a position to – to really launch what could be a really special season for him uh, in the running game. Yeah, it, it's, it, you know, he just knows the grindstone type of guy. He just attacked the rehab head on and, and, and worked his way through it. And the, the interesting thing was he had a bunch of other teammates, uh, running backs, also injured. They, they went through, you know, from, from training camp on, they, they lost uh, Preston Jellin um, and Moe in the first game. Uh, Trey Potts uh, after in the Purdue game last year. Um, the uh, Bryce Williams in the Northwestern game. Uh, they had a guy transfer out, so they were down to uh, two freshmen last year, and the, the running game kept going. Um, uh, those two guys transferred out because uh, Mo Mo came back and uh, you know has looked looked as good as new. I mean, he he isn't hasn't missed a beat. He's a, he's a type of runner too. You know, he's not. A breakaway speedster. Um, he's got enough speed, but he's not going to wow you with it per se. But you no, know, he just he keeps the pile moving. He you know he doesn't. He rarely gets gets stuck for a loss. Defensively, uh, obviously they overwhelmed their their first three opponents, uh, but then to keep Michigan State out of the end zone until the very very end uh, speaks to make kind of the group they have right now. What what has stood out about what they've done defensively to you? To me, it's just they're they're just. Uh, I don't know if they have a star per se, but they just have a, a lot of guys that are that are playing well and playing smart. And I that that reflects their coordinator Joe Rossi, who's you know he's he's one of the better assistant coaches in the country, I'd say. Um, yeah, they're, they they've yet to the first team defense has yet to allow a touchdown. They're all the points that they've they've got one field goal. And that was to Western Illinois. Um, all the other scoring was done against the reserves, uh, usually in the fourth quarter. Uh, so, you know, they, they do a great job of getting off the field, obviously. Lot, lots of three and outs. They have the bet, they're the best third down defense in the country, Ed, which complements the offense. Which they're the best first down, or third down offense in the country. <coughs> um, but they, you know, as you mentioned, they don't have really any stars, but who, who are the guys that are, are making plays. I, I would, I would say up uh, on the line. Uh, Thomas Rush uh, came on strong last year, defensive end. He's he kind of sets a tone there. Linebacker, their leader, Mariano Sori Marin. Um, he's had a really nice season so far. And then in the, in, in the secondary, uh, you have a a senior in Tyler Newbin at safety, playing very well. Uh, a cornerback, Darrell Smith, who had kind of been. A guy that hadn't really tapped his potential until this year. He's 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 playing very well. 
and then uh, Justin Wally, who had a great freshman year last year, who's come on and then pretty much picked up where he left off there. Um, all right, so the Gophers get ranked this week. Um, is do you get a sense there's some momentum building here from outside the program that more people are taking interest? I know this is this is a difficult sports town for for a college yeah. team to exist. But yeah, it, it's, are, there's some competition, that's for sure. Yeah, are they um, making some inroads I, I there? Do feel that. I, I do feel it. it's homecoming this week, so we'll see if they fill the place. I, I think they should come close to it if not filling it. Um, yeah, just just um, chatter you hear. It's like okay, it's there was after the non-conference schedule. It's like okay, you know, show us something here. You know, prove prove to me that that this isn't a mirage. And, and Minnesota sports fans are. They're a little hesitant to jump on a bandwagon because they they're so afraid of getting their heart broken. Right. You know, Vikings have done it to them all, all, all the time. And, you know, it's just, they're kind of like, no, I don't. You know, we can't have nice things here. You know, it, it, they're, they're. I'm like, oh, hey, you know, it's so what? You know, if you get your heart broken, no big deal. You know, you're used to it. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask about PJ, uh, and uh, this is just coming from an outsider's. Viewpoint: You're around him every day, and you're around the program every day. It seems like the, you know, when he came in, there was a lot of flash and substance surrounding him. And has that toned down? Has he toned that down? Is it and it's more about football and everything that goes with a football program? Yeah, I would say a bit. You know, it, it, it you know it's still there. He still has his catchphrases, and he still has his, you know, his mannerisms about him. Um, you know, and a lot a lot of that is you know is based for is there for recruiting it's not you know not necessarily for the you know for the 55 year old uh, <laughs> watching college football on TV all his life and used to the kids of uh, Oklahoma running the wishbone and Nebraska running the beer and you know that type of thing uh, so yeah he's I think he's people are appreciating him because he's, he's delivered results right uh, you know the, they had the 11 and 2 season in 19 last year Foreign kind of felt a little disappointing because they had a couple losses that were out of the blue with the Bowling Green and Illinois were a couple games that you know they 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 felt for sure everybody felt for sure that they shouldn't have lost either one of those um, and then they're, they're, the offense played pretty poorly in, in both of those so it's it's yeah there, there's there's still skepticism on him for some people but I think for the most part people are seeing that okay yeah it's it whatever he's doing is working here. Yes, I, I I think that um, he should get more respect for what he's done. Uh, when you yeah. mentioned the eleven two season and and all that, but I guess part of it's it's always going to be there. Um, but yeah, I, I think he should get more respect for what he does. And then, and if this year continues the way it's going right now, he he probably should get that. And any concerns that another successful season and he might look for some look for something else or somebody else may come after him. Oh, I'm sure people, you know, if, if, if they do like a one or two or, you know, something like that, yeah, they'll get, there'll be people coming after him. Uh, you know, it, it depends on where he wants to go, I guess. I I know he's uh, he's building a new a new home here in the Twin Cities, so, you know, he's, he's I think he's put down roots to to an extent. Um, you know, along with coaches, everybody has their price. And, it, you know, not even be a college team, it might be, you know, an NFL team looking for something. You know, he's, he's, um, in the past, he's uh, like uh, Rams coach. He's he's uh, spent some times with with just you know to pick his brain that type of thing. Um, you know, 
he, he's he'll, he'll be in demand. Uh, you know, his his name was thrown out there for the Nebraska job, early speculation, and he shot that down pretty much immediately. So, I think he'd be a good fit at Nebraska based on his style of play and things like that, because they don't they don't have an identity there. You know, they lost yeah, up, up here a lot of. A lot, a lot of people up here were disappointed to see Scott Frost get fired because uh, <laughs> the doing pretty well against him. <laughs> All right, anything else we need to know about the Gophers? Uh, you know, they're, they're, I mean, I'm, I'm still waiting, you know, not necessarily the other shooter drop, but I'm waiting for them to, you know, they haven't trailed in a game yet. They haven't, you know, somewhere along the line they're going to face some in-game adversity and we'll see how they come out, come through it. It's, you know, they, to their credit, everything's gone their way so far. Um, especially, you know, yeah, you, you look at the non-conference schedule wasn't very tough, but then you go to Michigan State and you, you know, basically uh, dominate them the whole game. Uh, it's, yeah, it, I, you know, there's a lot of, there's some of their stats, you look at them, they're not going to be completely sustainable as they are. Um, you know, you're not going to get, you're not always going to be able to hold the ball for 42 minutes, 30 seconds like you did it against, against Sparty there. Um you know, it's it's you're you know you're gonna have some turnovers. You're gonna, you know, you're another team is gonna punch you in the mouth. They so far they've been doing the punching. Right. So as of today, with Minnesota, the flavor of the of the week as far as the uh, for the Big Ten West, who who do you think in the Big Ten West could come and get Minnesota if the Gophers continue doing what they're doing? Well, I I would you know the team they're playing this week is is, is a very good team. They, you know, they're they, they're tested offensive. You know, they're a very good offensive team, especially when, when um, Aiden's playing. So that's that'll be a challenge. Uh, you know, you got the other two losses, tight losses against decent teams. Um, I have to put. Uh, I gotta I gotta say the Illinois game could be tricky. Uh, Brett Bielema has, has never lost to Minnesota. Uh, upset him last year. Um, then. Uh, you know they finish with Iowa and Wisconsin. PJ has yet to beat Iowa here. Um, own five against them. You know, one of, if you want to win the win the West, you're going to have to go through Iowa and Wisconsin. Um, and it, 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 they had a really good chance to beat them last year. Couldn't quite pull it off. Uh, outgained them like 400 yards to 200 something, but gave up a couple big plays that cost them. Uh, yeah, then then they finish at Wisconsin, which that's not going to be an easy trip. Uh, you know, Wisconsin, I think. They've they've taken their lumps so far, but their schedule eases up right now. So you just I think you can see that team going to run here for a few weeks. And uh, yeah, at the end of the season, it's uh, you know the the Gophers go to Penn State on uh, October twenty first. That's going to be one where uh, my thought on the season was they're going they would to win the West. They would at least need to split the the two tough Eastern uh, games they had, Michigan State and Penn State. So right now. They're they're one up on that. They you know they're they're going to go out there playing with house money, out to Penn State. So if they could pull that one off, then they're sitting really good. All right. Well, Randy Johnson from the Minneapolis Star Tribune has been our guest on the Bowlers Extra podcast. We appreciate his time uh, today to break down Minnesota. Look forward to to seeing Randy on Saturday up that uh, it's now Huntington Bank Stadium. Yep. Purdue's never won up there. They're zero for six. That's true. That's true. <laughs> The, 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 20, the, the, the 2020 game was one to remember where it, uh, <laughs> yes. there, there was a little bit of uh, like, okay, golfers, 
you get you got away with a call or two there. <laughs> but anyway, Randy, appreciate your time. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. Yes, thanks again to to Randy Johnson from the Minneapolis Star Tribune for joining us today. Good breakdown of the Gophers of what they've accomplished in their first four games. And yeah, the the non conference schedule was soft. There's no question about it. But I think their their win at Michigan State. Uh, was pretty darn impressive. Now, we don't know how good Michigan State's going to be this year, and uh, but they, you know, sometimes teams are just good enough to overcome their schedules and who they play. They're just that good of a team, and Minnesota may be, uh, may be one of those. From the Purdue standpoint, as uh, we mentioned on the uh, in the in our conversation, that uh, Aiden O'Connell was out in uniform uh, Tuesday. Uh, he was in full pads, uh, but as I mentioned, you know, had no idea what he did, what his participation level was in practice uh, on Tuesday. So um, it, I would say it's a good sign that he um, that he was in full gear. Uh, we'll see tonight. And the other part of it too is that you know Purdue didn't hide the fact that he was in full gear because uh, a little. Uh, inside baseball here uh, when they we're not allowed to watch practice once the season starts and they keep us down in what I call the the cage uh, until uh, practice is over and then they they bring us upstairs and then we're we can uh, we get on the practice field or we get we get we get to see you know what's going on uh, last week uh, when we were summoned up the stairs you know, all the quarterbacks were gone. I mean, and a lot of the team was gone. So they purposely waited last week to bring us up to make sure that we didn't see anything. Uh, on Tuesday, when they brought us up, it was right at the end of practice. They were still they were still in their huddle. They, you know, Jeff Brown was giving his post-practice speech, uh, and everybody was there. So, and then the offense gathered around the speakers similar to what they did uh, prior to the Syracuse game to kind of practice silent counts and, and stuff like that. And that's when we I saw uh, O'Connell standing there. So Purdue didn't take like the necessary espionage steps to prevent anybody from, from seeing Aiden O'Connell in full, in full practice gear. So read into that whatever you want. Uh, but uh, but it, it, it's a good sign that uh, – um, that he was out there and we'll, we'll see, you know, what happens. And, you know, when we talk to Jeff Brom on Thursday, I'm sure it'll be a game time decision that he'll, t- he'll say he's not going to reveal. Uh, I'd, I'd be surprised if he did. Uh, and there's no need for him to, to be honest. I mean, Minnesota knows enough right now. They have enough film on O'Connell. They got enough film on Burton. They, they know what they're getting into. I mean, there are really no secrets as we get to this point of the season. So they'll, they'll prepare for both, and they'll be ready for both. And But, yeah, from a competitive standpoint, you keep you keep that under wraps as long as you can just um, because you feel like you're, you're getting any kind of edge. But it, it'll take more than O'Connell returning and having a, a super game for Purdue to win this thing. Um, and and it, more of it's going to be defensively, can they – can they slow down the running game? Can they can they force uh, Minnesota into being one dimensional? Uh, and you know, and understand that one dimensional is pretty good. If they if they force in the past, Tanner Morgan's been really good 
in his career, but he's been really, really good against Purdue. And as Randy mentioned during the podcast, um, 21 to 22 a couple years ago with the RPO scheme that they run. And he had some really good receivers back then. Not that he doesn't now, but he had some NFL guys right now. Uh, the fact that, you know, they, their top receiver, Chris Altman Bell's hurt, um, you know, eats into their depth a little bit. Uh, they, but they still have some talented guys and, um, and they're going to, you know, they're going to, they're going to get those guys involved uh, in the offense, but Purdue's defense is, you know, has to, you know, they have to figure out a way to get a little bit more pressure uh, on the quarterback, disrupt his rhythm, and they have to defend better without committing penalties in the, in the back half. Uh, you know, I, I don't think the the cornerback play uh, has been as good as it needs to be. Uh, last week, um, you know, there's a story on JC Online right now that uh, Jamari Brown and Corey Trice played all 76 snaps. Uh, they just they don't have any depth at cornerback. Reese Taylor was out. Now, does he get back this week? He was seen in full practice gear on Tuesday as well. But again, I don't know. You know, I, I can't tell you exactly how how much he participated in practice. But you know, Purdue's lack of depth at that position is starting is showing up, and you just can't have two guys with Brown and Trice. And you know, Corey Trice is coming off a you know knee surgery, an ACL injury he had last year. Um, and I, he he's not he doesn't look a hundred percent to me. He doesn't look like the Corey Trice that we saw before the injury a couple years ago. Um, he's just you know I I think he's a little uncomfortable. You know he's playing with a brace. Uh, you know there's a lot of things that go on when you're coming back from a knee injury, and he just uh, you know I think he needs more time to to kind of get comfortable. But Purdue needs him. Uh, he he would be a guy that would benefit I think from another season uh, at Purdue now. He's got the NFL look. Uh, he's got the the length and the athleticism, and you know you put on the tape, it, it's right there. Uh, but I think he would need. I think he needs another year at Purdue just to to get comfortable. Uh, you know that year after the surgery, and in a lot of time in covering ACL injuries, I've noticed that it's usually a year you get back, but then it takes more time after that to get recovery and get fully recovered and everybody's different. Uh, other, other, other players come back quicker. Uh, it's not a one size fits all thing, but anyway, the, the secondary, the, and the, and the cornerbacks, they need to, uh, they need to have, uh, a really good game on Saturday to, to really keep Minnesota's offense from, from the explosive plays that they've produced in the, in the first uh, in the first four games, Purdue's going to have to find a running game. Uh, it's it's really unrealistic to think that they can get 188 yards against uh, a big ten a Big Ten defense that they, they got last week against Florida Atlantic. So that's not on the table. Uh, but Austin Burton, if he plays, gives you a different dimension. I think it opens up a different section of the playbook for Purdue. Um, not saying it's better than having O'Connell, but it's two different styles, I think. Um, you know, O'Connell's your best bet to if he's if he's healthy and ready to go because, you know, Purdue will need to push the ball down the field uh, more uh, with with him in the game where, you know, that's not the strength of Austin Burton as far as the the deep passes and and, and what is a major part of Jeff Brom's offense. So, um, you know, I think uh, trending wise, I think. You know O'Connell's probably in position 
uh, to play, but you know we'll see how it plays out the rest of the week, and we'll see uh, once uh, warm-ups start on Saturday uh, if he, if he's going to be out there. If not, you know if he's not out there, then you know Burton's your guy, and um, you know he played well enough, had the one pick uh, last week, but again, he, you know gives you a different dimension. I think the offensive line has held up uh, pretty well uh, in the first four games. Uh, but regardless of the quarterback, they got to get tight end Payne Durham involved a lot more than they did last week. You know, Charlie Jones is going to be involved. That's that's no question. You know, that's not that's not a question. And then you know they need to get something out of their running game. And you've got you've got more depth there uh, with uh, Dylan Downing. You know, King Daru would be another question mark coming into the game. Uh, but Devin Mockaby obviously has done some good things uh, when he's been in there. And you still have Kobe Lewis, so you've got more depth at running back than you've had in the last few years, and that should keep guys fresh as they get uh, deeper into uh, the game. And, you know, special teams are going to be important. Mitchell Finneran's missed a couple field goals this year. Um, but, I, you know, I think, you know, I, in the end, I think he'll be fine. Jack Ansel had some good punts last week. Uh, Purdue's getting the ball in the end zone on kickoff. So, um, you know, they're doing, they're doing a lot of things right uh, at this moment. Uh, but they just have to, you know, you're always going to worry about the penalties with with this team because that's kind of who they are right now, and you don't get out of that until you go through a string of games where you don't have uh, bone-crushing penalties that, that, that put you behind. Uh, they, overcome, uh, they overcame a late hit last week that, you know, didn't cost them. Uh, it led to a touchdown, but um, they were able to, to overcome that and, uh, you know, get the win. But they've got to clean up their penalties. They've got to uh, – they probably have to be turnover-free on Saturday. Don't have to play the perfect game. There, there's no such thing. But they've got to be uh, – they really have to limit their mistakes and, and, and get out to a lead and get out uh, – you know, try to dictate the, uh, the pace and the tempo of the game by getting a lead and putting Minnesota in some uncomfortable positions. That, you know, as Randy said, they haven't – you know they haven't faced much adversity yet, and if you know if you can apply some pressure points there early or throughout the game, and 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 in Purdue's favor, they have been in three really close games uh, with Penn State, Syracuse, and Florida Atlantic. Purdue has played the tougher schedule. There's no question about that. Uh, but is this a game where that schedule now pays off because you've played, you've been in a fight in the fourth quarter in all those games? One game you came out with a victory, the other two you didn't, but you've been involved in that. Can you push Minnesota into the fourth quarter in a close game and see how they react? And are you going to react better than you had than you did in the first uh, couple games? So that's uh, just some things to um, think about and look forward to on Saturday when Purdue plays Minnesota. Very important game, I think, for Purdue if they're going to you know, if they're going to be a contender in the West, uh, this month of October is brutal for them. Everybody's got a stretch. Uh, this is Purdue's right now. We're at Minnesota, at Maryland, host Nebraska, and then go to Wisconsin. Uh, it, you know, if they can get out of October two and two, I think that would be that would be a a, a, a positive for them uh, heading into the month of uh, November. All right. Again, thanks to Randy Johnson for joining us. Uh, Thank you for stopping by, and uh, we'll be back after the game on Saturday to recap uh, what went on and and what's next. And we'll uh, we'll put up uh, a special podcast if we need to uh, regarding the quarterback situation uh, as we get into Friday and Saturday. 
but I, I don't know if that's uh, going to be necessary uh, this week. Anyway, have a good day. Thanks, thanks for stopping by.